You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. So tonight, we are uh, going to continue on, and actually we're doing the last talk of the Beatitudes. And uh, we'll be reading, there's a number of scriptures scriptures that we'll be reading, but definitely it's uh, Matthew 5, verse 10. I trust that so far, um, all of us have been challenged by these statements that Jesus made. That Jesus made. Um, the, the Beatitudes, I think, as we have found, as we've all kind of unpacked them, Joy last week unpacking the Peacemaker, and, and obviously Chris and I and Tyler uh, unpacking the other parts. It's like these, these, these statements that Jesus made, you know, they're like six or seven or eight or ten words or whatever it is, and there's so much to them to unpack. Um, but that's how amazing Jesus is. He just makes these profound statements. And, and for us, we, we chew on them and think about them for a significant amount of time. I know for me, I've really appreciated um, just going through them and listening to Tyler and listening to Chris. And, and uh, maybe next week, I'll listen to the podcast of Joy so that I can hear what she had to say about the peacemaker. But I've really appreciated just, again, sitting with you guys and listening and, and just taking in this these these beatitudes and these different principles that God calls us to live by. Um, you know, God has called us to live, God's called us to live differently. And in living differently, we truly, um, we truly discover what this blessed life is really about. I want to live a blessed life, but I don't want that blessed life to be what I think is a blessed life. I want my, I want to live this blessed life that's according to the scriptures. It's according to the teachings of Christ. That's, that's the blessed life that I want to live. Sure, I do want that rock star parking spot. I do want some of the really nice things that we sometimes consider a blessing. But I want to live according to the scriptures. I want to live according to what Christ says is the blessed life. That's what I want, because I want to store up my treasures, not on earth, but in heaven. And so um, it's really taught, teaching us how to live this blessed life. My desire is that we would, that we would advance the kingdom of God and, um, and that we would create a culture that would fall in, into line with kingdom principles. And so that's what God's called us to do. Um, I believe it would be fair to say that this, this last beatitude is the most striking of them all, right? Um, you know, up to this point, as I've kind of touched on really quickly, we've talked about humility and meekness, right relationship, mercy, purity of heart, and peacemaking. But this last, um, this last beatitude, Jesus really steps it up, doesn't he? Right? Blessed, uh, on the next, I think, the next one, yeah. Mine's a bit different than what it says up there. But blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Straight up, he declares that living his ways, following him, embracing his standards, will result in persecution. There's no, there's, this is very black and white. He's like, blessed are those who are or have been persecuted for for 
the sake of righteousness. It's not will I, it's we will be. And, you know, I was thinking of that kind of saying I've heard once upon a time that salvation is free, but it'll cost you everything. And uh, in Matthew, Matthew 16, it talks about whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. You know, there's just no gray area in in this sort of living. It's like, if you want to live this blessed life, you need to lose your life and you need to take up your cross and you need to follow me. Talking about this is not one of those areas that are that's as easy because, to be honest, I'm not one that that wants to be persecuted, right? That's not what I long for. And yet, it's a reality of being a Christ follower. Embracing his standards will result in persecution. I love Jesus because he he knew the result or knew what the result would be um, before he began his ministry before he began this journey. He knew the end, and yet he he followed through with the plan that his father had for him. Right? He And he did this because he passionately loves each and every one of us. So I love that about Christ. It's like he, he just denied himself, and he just said, I'm going for it. I'm going to do it. I know that I'm going to be persecuted. I know I'm going to be mocked. I know I'm going to be laughed at. I know that all of these different things, but I'm going to do it anyways because of us. Jesus knew that, that, uh, that as he listened to his father, that persecution would happen. He just, he, he knew that that would be a reality for him. And the reality for you and I tonight as followers of Christ is that we too should expect to be persecuted for our faith. And the reason we should expect it is because the forces that were at work then, when Jesus walked the earth, those forces are opposing God's ways still today. When we speak about Christ, when we step out and do good in Jesus' name, when we, when we share our story, when we lift up the name of Jesus, that the evil forces want to oppose what we're doing. And that's where the persecution comes in. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 22, all men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. It's like he makes these statements, and I'm going to read some scriptures throughout tonight. He makes the one statement, and it's always followed through with this beautiful promise. It's like men will hate you because of me. Remember, it's not, it's not you. It's not you they hate. It's me. He's, he takes it all. Right? But he, then he always makes these promises at the end. And this one, it's, if you stand firm to the end, you'll be saved. It's only for a short while that you have to experience the persecution. But then you will be saved. It's like, you know, that statement, he's the light at the end of the tunnel. He, he is in, in one sense, but I believe he's the light in the tunnel. He, he walks through us, through it all. 
He doesn't ever leave us and he doesn't forsake us. So we will be saved. Jesus was persecuted and so will we because of him. So I, like I say, I don't personally want to be persecuted for my faith. And so I don't go looking for it. Like I really don't. I, I, it's not something that I wake up in the morning and go, I want to be persecuted this morning. Let's go for it. I don't want to be, but, but I do embrace the reality that that will will happen at some point in my life. Maybe over and over in my life. I guess in some ways it depends on how bold I'm going to be with my faith. I think when we are more bold with our faith, when we take those those steps of faith, when we share our faith a little bit more with people, when we live his principles in our culture, I believe the 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 persecution will increase when we're when we're more bold with our faith. When we're a little more timid, when we don't really say anything, when we take a step back, I don't think will result, there will be a result of being persecuted. But I also believe that then when that happens, you're not living the blessed life that Christ has called us to live. Right? Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness is a challenging beatitude. But the key is the second part. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Every time we, when we think that, we should, when we read that, it should like bring joy to our hearts. Because it's like, we'll be persecuted, but ours is the kingdom of heaven. Or in verse 11 it says, great is your reward in heaven. It's like, that's where our focus needs to stay. It needs to remain there. We're promised a future glory. God, God doesn't owe us anything. That's probably another, another message, but God doesn't owe us anything. And yet because of his love for each of us, we have a future hope to hang on to. So this word persecute in the Greek, it's to pursue, follow after, or press towards. And the dictionary describes it as to pursue with harassing or oppressive treatment. In other words, a person or a group purposely hurting others. That's, I think, what we could see as being being persecuted. Often we think the word persecute, um, or when we think of the word persecute, we think of situations where Christians um, in other parts of the world are being killed because of their faith in God, right? When I think of persecution, I often go there right away. You know, recently, um, all over the news was um, ISIS, the mil- militants in Libya, how they killed 21 Egyptian Christians. And it is said that, that many of their last words coming out of their mouths of those that were around and were able to hear and see what was going on was that they just they were saying, Lord Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus Christ. And I just think, personally, when I think of that and when you see the pictures online and it's just incredible what these these men did you know they just right to the bitter end they said lord jesus christ they put their faith and their trust and their hope in him they hung on to that that promise of a future hope right in that moment that's all they had in that moment all they had was was the the latter part of that scripture of just great is my reward in heaven that's where their focus was. It had to be there. I mean, I couldn't imagine 
standing in their shoes in that moment. It would have to be in that promise that Christ gave them. In 2004, some researchers calculated that 4,344 Christians were killed for their faith, um, or faith-related reasons. 4,344 last year. And then in, uh, in 2013, it was actually 2,123. And more than triple, um, in the year before that there was, there was, sorry, there was 1,200 killed the year before. So in, in 2012, it was 1,200 people. In 2013, it was 2,100 people. And then last year, it was 4,300 people that died for their faith. And in the world, there are 50 primary countries where Christians face the most persecution. And, and it's really easy to, to sort of, um, to, to not remember what's happening sometimes around our world. But there are people that are daily, daily being persecuted for their faith and they're losing their lives. So that's often, when we think of persecution, we think of those things. And I just encourage you, you know, I'll be completely honest, I don't do a lot of praying for the persecuted church in other parts of the world. But as I, as I was preparing for this week and I started thinking of these numbers and I'm not much of a stats guy in looking at all the different numbers because we kind of forget them. But it really reminded me of the importance of praying for the persecuted church, for those that are losing their lives and not just those that are losing their lives, but the family members that are losing loved ones. You know, it just really made me start to think about that. Um, some of these countries that 50 countries, some of them are getting worse, some are remaining about the same, and there's more that are being added to those, to those numbers. But something that this group of researchers are finding is that more and more Christians are not only being persecuted through physical means, but by means of cultural marginalization. So in other words, there's this, this increase of a more subtle squeeze, dimension of persecution, which makes daily life, right, harder and harder for us for Christians, for followers of Christ. So the UK is not on the list of 50 countries. However, persecution is still a reality here. It just takes on a different look, right? This is what I want us to see tonight. We, we may not be persecuted for our faith in a physical sense. Though... I'm not completely convinced that it will just remain that way. I think things could potentially get even more challenging and even more difficult, even in the UK or the States or Canada or wherever it might be. Um, but we will most likely be persecuted for our faith through cultural marginalization. Um, I think tonight it would be, uh, um, we would agree that living out our faith is getting increasingly more difficult. Cultural marginalization, I think it's getting increasingly more difficult to share our faith, right? And it to be kind of um, heard through um, whoever's listening, I think sometimes it's just getting more and more people are sort of taking a stand against the Christian faith in, in many ways. Um, so it's getting increasingly difficult. And if you, if, if you do uh, speak of your faith in the workplace or at school or in your community um, or maybe even in your family, there are often 
consequences for that, right? Even a lot of different organizations that the Christian organizations that take place in our culture today, we find that, or I have found anyways, it's like there's this fine line between how bold you're going to be in what you're doing, right? How, how, how vocal are you going to be about that this is very Christ-centered, right? It's like Christians Against Poverty, they're very clear that they are Christians in what they're doing and they're trying to still break into to what's happening. But sometimes I think organizations aren't persecuted even though they're a Christian organization because they're keeping that under the radar. And I think Christ is calling us to kind of raise the bar, raise the standard so that we would be more vocal about it. But it's going to be more difficult and we may experience more persecution because of it. But in that, that's where Christ is glorified. That's where Christ is lifted up. That's where he becomes made more famous in our communities. And that's where we begin to make a real impact. And that's where we begin to walk in the blessed life that we want to be walking in. Right? So, there's a lot of different areas that we can be persecuted. Um, a professor at a very elite university was, was very well paid and respected for what he did. Um, but he, he began to um, integrate his Christian faith into some of his teaching. And, uh, and quickly he was reprimanded. And in that moment, um, he was basically brought aside and, and, and kind of given this choice. You either stop talking about your Christian faith and you keep your job. Or, or and if you continue talking about your Christian faith, your job's gone. And so this individual that was making decent money and doing well and had a family, he said, no, I need to keep talking about my Christian faith. And so he lost his job. That is persecution. It, it's just it looks different in our culture than it may in certain other cultures. Um, when I was in high school, I, I knew this guy who was really um, into God, I guess you could say. And, um, and daily he would bring his Bible to school and he would always read it at break times. And I remember the amount of times that people laughed at him and mocked at him and called him all sorts of names. And, and, and yet in that, he continued to just read his word. And he tried to, to, to get involved in different areas. And he was still involved, but as soon as he pulled out that Bible, it was amazing the amount of kind of harassment that he received. And yet he just continued to, to be faithful to the word and continued to be that kind of light in the school. And, um, you know... I thought back on that and I remember many times I'd walk by him because I grew up in a Christian home and I remember thinking, that should be me. I should be the one that's reading that word with him instead of just walking by him. I never said anything mean to him because I knew that, you know, I knew that I should be kind of with him and I respected him even though I wouldn't let anybody else know that because then my reputation would be at stake. Anyways, um, a number of times I've experienced people be kind to me. They're maybe interested in me. They're, they they want to like sort of hang out with me a little bit. But as soon as they find out I'm a pastor or as soon as they find out I'm a follower of Christ or whatever it might be, all of a sudden things change. You can just see how it's like, oh. You know, all those. The other day when we were in Turkey, I was talking to a guy and uh, he, he, he said, oh, so you're a, a holy man. <laughs> I was like, oh gosh, I'm so far from that. But it was just an interesting thing. It just changed the whole conversation. 
immediately as soon as I came out and said, yeah, I'm a Christ follower. Um, I've heard many stories of companies restructuring their rules, right? And, uh, or, and they're just, they're changing things up. And in that change, um, I've heard of, of Christians that, that are a part of that change and they're the ones that end up losing the job. Or when there's the promotion, they're the ones that don't get it. Or, or when there's a, a pay raise, they're the ones that, for whatever reason, don't get it. And it's always, I'm not saying this is across the board. I'm not saying this is happening all over the place. I'm just saying I've heard stories. And, and it's, and it's not right, but I really believe when, in, even in your workplace, when you stand up for your faith, when you live differently, people recognize that. And sometimes it can be a positive thing, but sometimes it can somewhat work negatively, right? And, and maybe you're the one that gets discriminated. You're the one that gets left aside. You're the one that doesn't get that pay raise. You're the one that doesn't get that promotion. I believe that when we live out our faith, these sorts of realities can be happening in our lives. And, um, and so again, this is persecution that we may experience more likely in UK. Is it illegal that that person didn't get it? Get the raise just because they're Christian faith? Yes, but it still happens. They just disguise it in some sort of way to make sure that the other person gets the raise or the other person gets the promotion instead of the Christian does. Um, I've heard of many being left out of friendship circles because of their belief in Christ. Maybe you have a group of friends, but as soon as it comes to, hey, we're going to do this instead of this, and, and some of them are not believers or whatever it might be, you kind of get left out. Oh, you wouldn't want to come to that. You're a Christian. You're one of those individuals. So that, I believe, can be a form of persecution. I've heard of many that, that have been accused of um, something that they didn't do because of their faith. It's like, pick on the Christian, because that that's the easy target. And so they didn't even do anything wrong, but yet they're the ones that get accused. They're the ones that, that get marginalized in that situation. I've heard of parents making it difficult for kids to go to youth group or go to church after they've made their faith commitment. Or maybe there's a, a spouse in, in a marriage that makes a decision and then the husband or the wife or whatever the situation might be begin to make it really difficult for them to, to go to church or, or just make their home life really difficult. That is a form of persecution. As we live out our faith, as we do good, as we live God's standards of truth and justice, purity, without compromise, we will undergo rejection, opposition, unpopularity, and, and criticism. I just kind of gave a blanket of different examples because I want us to realize that that persecution is a reality for us when we begin to live out our faith. And it's gonna it's going to happen in different areas of our lives. It just is gonna look different, potentially, at least at this point, than it does in other parts of our world. So when when you're at work and something happens, when you're hanging out with your friends and something takes place. It's like we don't go looking for persecution, but when it happens, we realize, okay, God, this is the blessed life. This is, this is it. This is, I'm actually making a difference because the spiritual forces don't like this. When I'm living my faith, when I'm being an example to my friends, when I'm being truthful at work, when I'm living your standards, whatever it might be, when I'm st- living for purity, when I'm taking a step in this direction, for this group of people, when I'm persecuted, it's because the enemy 
is seeing that you're trying to take ground for the kingdom and he wants to push back and there's the persecution. But we know that, that, that our God or that the devil is no comparison to our God. And so we keep moving forward. We keep pressing forward and we keep moving forward and trusting that God is going to work in that situation for us. God's word tells us this in, uh, in Matthew 5.11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Again, it's, it's because of him. It's like, again, he takes all of that stuff upon himself. He doesn't ask us to, to carry it. He just, he takes it all. It's all, it's because of him and he's just quite okay with that. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. We don't, we, re, we don't rejoice and be glad in the persecution. We rejoice and be glad because we know as we are living out our faith, living God's standards, the powers of darkness, believe we are succeeding in furthering the kingdom of God. So it's not like, yes, I'm being persecuted. It's like, no, we know that because we are being persecuted, something amazing is, is taking place. Tonight, my desire for us is, is that we would be reminded that, that when we live for God, persecution will be a reality. It's just, it's just the scriptures. It's just the truth of the word of God. That persecution is a part of the package of being a follower of Christ. And it's not, it's not the, necessarily the fun part. It's not necessarily the, the part that, 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 that I was encouraged to sign up to when I said, yeah, Father, I want to follow you. Jesus, I want to, I want to make you famous. That wasn't the part that I was really encouraged about, but I recognized that it's just part of it. And Christ was persecuted for me. And so it's like, I want to, I want to give him my everything. And part of that is, being persecuted in different ways. Second Timothy um, three twelve it says, "Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted." It's like just in case you're not convinced tonight, just everywhere in the scriptures talk about this. It's not like just this random weird idea that we wanted to talk about. It's like it's just a reality. That's going to happen. It's like if you want to live the godly life in Christ Jesus, we will be persecuted. This is where it's, where it's at. But be encouraged. What we experience today will be a distant memory tomorrow. Right? Again, where lies our focus? If your focus lies on, on, on earthly things, then that's going to be more important to you. But if your focus lies on earth, on heavenly things, then then that will be that will be your focus, and you'll be able to go. Yeah, it's okay if I'm being persecuted. It's okay if this is happening because my treasures are in heaven. That's 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 where this this period that I'm in right now. It's like 70, 80, 90 years. It's just a short time. I can handle that. It's just yeah. But the future glory that we will have that we're promised is like, well, I don't even really know, but I just know it's going to be way better than earth. And I just know that it's just going to be glory all the time. Romans 8.18 says, I consider that our present suffering, sufferings, 
are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And then here's one, just in case you're thinking, oh, I'm just going to experience persecution and uh, and God's okay with that, right? It's a reality, but here he says, in 2 Corinthians 1.5, Paul tells us, for just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, right? So again, it's it's a reality for us. So also through Christ, our comfort overflows. So we're not only promised a future hope, but we are promised a daily comfort right now. So that when we're in that moment of persecution, when we feel all alone, when we feel like nobody's with us, when we feel like we are completely marginalized in our culture or in our workplace or with our group of friends or in our school or with our professor or whatever it might be, wherever we are, we can know that he's with us and there's that promise of comfort today and that promise of future glory tomorrow. What an amazing thing for us to hang on to, to know that that our friends may 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 disappoint us our friends may leave us our other people that are in our lives may may kind of move on but Christ is with us through it and uh, i do really believe that even in that that's where this community here is so important because sometimes i like probably many of you it's like i'm so thankful that he's with me and he walks through with me in these moments but I, I sure love it when I can walk hand in hand or arm in arm or like with, with you guys so that we can come together and say, Hey, I'm struggling here. This is tough. This is what's going on where we can do that in community where, where we can kind of be skin to each other, right? Hang out with each other. So I'm glad that he's with us. He's that comfort. He gives us a future hope, but I'm so glad that, that God calls each of us to also do life together so that we can be helping each other as we go through and uh, and and are persecuted for our faith. God is not without sympathy for the challenges we will faith, faith, face. He is not... <laughs> yeah, wow. God is not without sympathy for the challenges we will face. He will be with us in it. You know... This morning in our Burgess Hill campus, Tyler mentioned it and then, and then, uh, and Tom had planned to sing this one song at the very end of the service. And I'm not suggesting you do that tonight, but you could come up. Um, the scripture that I just read talking about how Christ's comfort overflows into our lives. But then there's also the scripture that Paul talks about that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I was just kind of, when Tyler mentioned that this morning and, and Tom was going to be singing about it and, and, uh, it just right away I was like, yeah, I need to end with that scripture along with this comfort scripture because I just think it's like we can't face tomorrow without him. We're unable to manage what we're going to face without him. We are, we are weak. But, in him, we can be strong and we can do amazing things. So through Christ who strengthens me, I can do all things. And uh, so let's stand this evening as we end. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.